Welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast, conversations to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. An uplifting and inspiring series of conversations and talks with your host, Jackie Woodside. We are educating minds, empowering lives, and enlightening souls to create a world where love prevails. In this engaging podcast, we deliver exciting, positive, transformative talks and teachings designed to elevate your life. Now, let's join our host, Jackie Woodside, for this week's session. Hello there. Thank you so much for being with us this week for another episode of the Conscious Living Podcast, where we are here to educate, empower, and enlighten our world. I'm Jackie Woodside, the founder and the host of the Conscious Living Podcast, and I'm just so glad that you're somebody who cares about waking up about creating a more uh, united, connected, loving, and conscious world where we all can come together as one piece of humanity to thrive and to grow. So thank you for your time and your attention with us. I know you've got a million podcasts out there that you could listen to, and here you are right here with us today. So thank you for that. I want to introduce you and welcome to the show today, Jenny Calcione, who is uh, European and now living in America, a coach who has created this extraordinarily cool concept of helping women through their inner earthquakes. She's the CEO and founder of the Inner Earthquake. It's a consulting and coaching practice working with Gen X women who have gone through an inner earthquake and providing them knowledge and practical tools to stop feeling so powerless. I'm really looking forward to hearing that, to cut through the confusion so that they can live a sense of vibrancy, connection, consciousness, and aliveness, no matter what's going on in their lives. So Jenny, thank you so much for being here with us. You you come with just such a wealth of experience, 26 years as a corporate leader, living in several European countries, and now in Southern California here in the United States. What a wealth of experience you bring today. So welcome to the Conscious Living Podcast. And you want to just take a few minutes to say a few more things about yourself so our listeners can get to know you. Yes. Hi. Well, thank you for having me, first of all. Um, Yes, that was a a good introduction. So from uh, one side of the world to the other, um, I left the continent and I left a corporate career to uh, really pursue a more conscious life altogether. Um, I had burned myself out in the corporate world. And so Southern California was a lovely place to land and come back home, come back home to myself, really, and decide what I wanted from life and who I who I am. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. When when you, you know, I'm just curious when you just said that that you wanted you were burned out, you wanted to live a a more conscious life. And, you know, going to Southern California is a nice place to do that. But what did that mean for you, Jenny, if you don't mind us starting there? Yeah, I I think that many of us have the experience of living life on autopilot, almost. Yeah, I call it Um, by default. Right. Yeah, living a default life, you just kind of go from one thing to the next to the next to the next. Yeah. And that's what happens when we go, gosh, can you believe it's almost the end of the year or, you know, it's March, it's spring. Um, And autopilot is useful, maybe when you're driving a car and you don't have to remember every single action you take to get somewhere. It's not very useful when we live our lives that way. And so um, 
for me, it was really instrumental to, I do not want to arrive at the end of this journey uh, with the music still inside me. So that's really important to me. I love that. So you're one of those people that's really committed to giving, giving, giving your all, experiencing it all and, and living life out loud. Yes, living life out loud um, and helping other people doing the same things. And uh, very often when we go through an inner earthquake, what I call an inner earthquake, we don't really know where we are or or where we even start with this with this new thing, this new life. So, yeah. So let's go there. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us, you know, what you mean by inner earthquake and also how you came upon that notion? Yeah. So I define an inner earthquake as uh, the effect caused by a major life-changing event. It could be a divorce, could be loss of a friendship or any situation really in which our sense of identity is affected. Um, and and then there's a way that we experienced life before the earthquake and there's a way that we experienced life since then. Um, so that is how I define an inner earthquake. So it's it's a kind of a life-altering event. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Your world is turned upside down, literally shaken upside down. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I'm thinking of all of the, well, I was going to say parents, but all of the people that have gone through this horrific run of mass shootings that we seem yeah. to be having. And, yeah. um, you know, the the parents particularly of of children who, end up, you know, perishing in these horrific acts. I just, that seems like one of those, you know, inner, you know, it's interesting, inner earthquake, but it's an outer event. So how do you distinguish between outer events like a divorce or a massive mm-hmm. loss or tragedy, like like these horrific shootings we're going through? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you distinguish between the outer event and the inner earthquake? Yeah, so what I was trying to do initially when I was trying to explain this to people was I was talking about, well, it could be caused by divorce or an empty nest or menopause or, but what I realized very quickly when I worked with people is that the effect that it caused on the inside was, was the same. And it was, it was a loss of identity. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not talking about big trauma, like being a survivor or, or indeed a family member of a mass shooting victim. Um, But the, you know, the statistics tell us that by the time that women reach midlife, Mm -hmm. we have on average experienced five major life events. And that is that those are the statistics but what we learn to do is to simply like power through when these things happen i think especially with women we we still carry um very often the burden of of the home and the children um and so pow- powering through is really all we can do because we don't have time to pause and feel all of our feelings yeah. but of course that's detrimental in the long run and that's not mentally healthy, emotionally healthy, certainly physically unhealthy. So that is usually where I end up um, coming into the lives of my clients where they're really like, I don't know what to do. I don't know who I am, where I'm going. How did I even end up here? Yeah. 
Yeah, that's powerful. And what's what's your process like? The the addressing the inner earthquake, helping women redefine themselves. What what does that look like for for how you help people through that? Because I'm sure a lot of our listeners right now are like, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'm I'm going through or I've been through one of those major life transitions. So what's your process like? Yeah, so I have a process that is an integrative process. So there's sort of seven uh, building blocks, I would call them, but they center around um, knowing actually who we are. For example, when we let the world dictate who we are and we believe it, we lose our sense of self. And and so the first thing is to reestablish that sense of self, that that confidence in myself, knowing who I am, so that when unexpected things come along in life, I can actually deal with them because they are not affecting my essence and who I am. They are really an external event to who I am. Yeah, yeah. I just gave a talk recently, um, and and in the talk, I, I was... I referenced the difference between victimization and being a victim. And Mm -hmm. I I talked exactly about what you just said, that um, victimization is the event that happens. And, you know, sure, many of us are victimized by downsizing or a spouse just, you know, walking, walking away or random acts of violence. You know, people do get victimized, but whether or not you take on the being of a victim is really entirely up to you. And it takes a lot of psychological maturity and self-empowerment to be Mm -hmm. able to be in the face of life's changes, particularly those changes that kind of just get thrown at us, you know, the medical diagnosis Mm -hmm. or a sick Mm -hmm. child or parent or the downsizing at work and loss, loss of a career. Those kinds of things really take some, some sophistication to feel, okay, Mm -hmm. maybe I've been victimized, but I'm not going to be the victim here. That's right. And, and, and there are stages, right? So victimization is, as you say, there is absolutely a space for victimhood. It is okay to say that was really horrible, this right. thing that happened to me. Mm-hmm. And there has to be the space to grieve that. It's problematic when we take on the identity of being a victim, of course. Right. So right. I want to make clear that there is time to grieve that is really necessary and that is nobody can determine what that is Mm. right we go through what we need to go through in order to process that and that is not the time to look at okay what's the next thing what am I going to do in fact that would be a reaction to I don't actually want to deal with this right now I want to escape my reality so Mm -hmm. there's many reasons that it's important to grieve yeah, grieving is a really important process of of loss of identity mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I remember when I left my first employment, um, you know, of, of having a full time job and going into self employment. I had no idea that I would have a grief reaction mm-hmm. to that. It was a choice I was making, you know, uh, yeah. one that I sought out and yes. planned. But yes. the the loss of that identity, the loss of having, you know, kind of a almost a parental figure, the paycheck was going to come in, whether I showed mm-hmm. up and did a great job or, you know, kind of just phoned <laughs> it in and, you know, barely showed up at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I really can appreciate that. It, the grief surprised me. 
Uh, do you yes. see that sometimes when women come to you that they get surprised by their own grief reaction? Yes, and it's and it's not something that we are taught to talk about either. It's we can feel a bit of shame and judgment around it. And and I remember when I moved here, so I left my corporate career, left a continent. Yeah. Um, and and I didn't realize that there was a bit of a sense of, do you know who I am? I make multi-million dollar decisions. And then I walked into, you know, a, a Verizon store and right. it was, you know, the person was explaining the, the different plans to me and I couldn't understand it because it, it was just different from what I was used to. And that was a really humbling moment of right. like, oh, oh, I, I think I was really kind of attached to that, that identity that I had as a corporate executive leader. Yeah. Um, and, and who am I now? And who do I choose to be? Right. That's yeah. such an important question, you know, who am I now and who who do I choose to be? Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about how you help people answer those questions. Mm. Yeah, I I see myself as a as a guide on the side and and really what I help people do is I I create a space for them to safely explore exactly those questions. Yeah. I am a person that is outside of their lives. I don't I don't have a a dog in the fight, so to speak. Right. Um, so they feel very safe in exploring this new landscape with me. Um, and they look forward to having that space. You know, usually we work together on a weekly basis. Um, on having that space to experiment, explore. Oh, I, I don't think that I like this, but what does that mean? And, you know, and, and explore those questions, those existential questions in an existential moment. Yeah. Yeah. You know? oh, it's lovely that you give people space for that. Yeah. You talk about the difference between uh, a, an emotional shakeup and a wake up call. How do you help people move from one to the other? Yeah, the so the yeah, the way I I see that is that rather than seeing uh you know a shake up as oh it's the end of something, yes, it's the end of something and it's the beginning of something else. And change is always happening. Um, you know, whether we want it or not. Mm -hmm. So very often a, a fear um you know the fear is is masked by, um, you know, oh, well, I, I don't want to do that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to things to change. Things are okay right now. That's simply the fear of change. And so I help my clients move through that. Um, you know, like I said, I have a methodology and an integrative um, methodology. Um, and so we move, we simply move through that. It's an opportunity Yes, it's the end of something and it's a new beginning. It's a new opportunity. And this time you get to do it intentionally and you get to choose who you are, what you do, where you do it, how you do it. So that's really what I do. I, I help them um, come home to themselves and realize that they really actually don't need the input from somebody else. They have all the answers already within them. Yeah, it's funny. I just spoke about that yesterday as well. Mm -hmm. We have the answers within us. <clears throat> and I, I highlighted in that talk, we do have the answers within us, but we can only access them until we 
until we, when we recognize mm. we also have the problem within us. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever emotional reaction, whatever, uh, you know, confusion, uncertainty, loss of identity, loss of motivation, those are all inner states. Yes. Um, so when you feel that sense of I'm not myself, I'm not on top of my game, I've lost my identity. You know, a lot of times people want to look outside of themselves, uh, you know, in some way of answering that question, the next job, the next relationship, moving to the next, you know, new location. And it's what we are taught as well. Like this society places a high value on, you know, what you do, the the title, the, you know, your status, your job, your home, your car. It's no wonder that we try and look outside of ourselves for, for our value, but we have inherent value by the fact that we were born, you know, we don't actually need to do anything to to be valuable so our doing comes out of our being right so well if we, that's if the magic right there when your doing right. comes out of your being but i would say most yeah. often in our culture that's not the case that people are you know kind of human doings that's mm -hmm. disconnected with a sense of inner purpose inner meaning inner values mm -hmm. yeah and it's and it's very rare. In fact, I never see clients who, um, you know, wake up one day and think, "Let me change my entire life." Right? That that doesn't happen. Uh, we're usually confronted with with something that we just, even if we were expecting it, we weren't expecting the impact that it that it had on us. Right. So right. that's the shakeup. It's right. we usually need some sort of shakeup, uh, you know, to wake up like a. I don't mean to make it try and rhyme, but but that's no, really that what works it is well. About. We do need <laughs> usually a shake up to wake up because otherwise yeah. we're just kind of comfortable in our default setting and moving about yeah. life the way that we're moving about it. And and yeah. it is those those shakeups that tend mm -hmm. to wake us up in some way. Um, you know, most often, you know, people don't look for crises to occur, of course, but most often people say after the fact that they're kind of glad that it it happened. Yes. I just read an interesting uh, research finding that, you know, wh which people do you think are happier three years after the fact? Uh, people who've lost a limb in a tragic accident or people who've won the lottery? And the findings are that they are equally happy or unhappy, um, mm -hmm. that there was absolutely no difference between people who had lost a limb or become inca physically incapacitated and those who had won the lottery three years out. Yeah. Well, also because <clears throat> we we take ourselves with us wherever we go. Right. Um, <laughs> right. So no matter what the circumstances are, we, we still are who we are. And, and our mindset might be sometimes limiting ourselves or, or um, we take ourselves with us. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I like to ask all of the guests that I have on the show, like what conscious living means to you. And, you know, mm -hmm. you've, you've made this enormous career shift yourself and not even career shift. You made a life shift of moving from Europe to the U S and leaving your corporate career to go into coaching. 
So, and you said you did that because you wanted to live life more consciously, but how do you understand what that means? You know, I was telling you before we came on air that one of my motivations for starting this podcast is that I feel like people are really confused about what does it mean to live life more consciously? You know, I, you know, is it that I'm going to yoga class and shopping at Whole Foods and, you know, uh, see a psychic or have, have crystals on my nightstand or you know, or, or, or what does it mean? So, you know, Jenny, in, in your body of work and your understanding of how our inner earthquakes lead to awakening sometimes, how do you understand conscious living? Yes, to me, the, the key ingredient is, is intention, intention and presence. And uh, when we, I can only speak for myself, uh, when I live from an intentional place and I am present to the present moment, mm -hmm. um, that is that is really all there is. The now is all all there is, and I notice it within myself. And I, you know, I do my practices and I um, do things very deliberate. I'd like to think very deliberately. Um, when I get away from those practices, is when I start feeling um, rumination, overthinking. That's a sign to me that I'm not actually in the present moment and that I'm I'm spending too much time in in up here. Yeah. Um, Do you mind sharing with us what a couple of your practices are? I, I always like to talk very concrete and and people perhaps would learn something from what practices you engage in to help you live more consciously. Yes. Yeah, so I'm a practicing Buddhist, so I practice meditation. Um, that's really helpful. And so I also teach um, the secular version, which is mindfulness. Okay. And that is very, very helpful. Yeah. So I employ both uh, mindfulness tools. Yeah. Um, and really what that helps me to do is creating a space between something happens, pause, and now I have a choice. I can choose how to respond rather than when I don't do these practices, when I'm not in the present moment, it's very easy to uh, react out of habit. Right. Um, so it can be habits, um, you know, that I've developed over a lifetime. It can be like an, an old wound, you know, an old um, painful place. Yeah, being triggered. And so what I yeah, and yeah. what I in, so what I intend to cultivate in my life is more pause, just a simple pause, simple breath, and not coming from habitual behavior, mm. and then I create more choice in my life. Mm, I love that. So not coming from habitual behavior and having more choice. I mean, that is such a beautiful definition of conscious mm. living. Yeah. The ability yeah. to respond rather than react to what's happening yes. around you. Yes. That's, I mean, that's mastery. Uh, you know, that is really mm. the mastery of conscious living. There's, you know, I say mm. we're, we are stimulus response creatures when we are living with an untrained mind. Yes. <laughs> yes that's <laughs> right. It's all you have. You have stimulus that's and response. Right. You know, that's good. That's bad. I'm upset. I'm, yeah. I'm pleased. Um, but when you begin to train the mind, to uh, to be able to observe and be in the moment and not bring the past to it and not bring future projections, yeah. future fears and worries mm -hmm. to it and just be in the now. It gives you such 
mm, such access to living life more consciously. Well, and our our brains weren't made for happiness. They were made for survival, right? We we don't... (laughs) Right, we don't descend from the people who went into the cave investigating what the noise was. Right, <laughs> right. exactly. So, yeah, that's yeah. such an important important point for people that our our brain is not designed for us to survive or to, to thrive. It's designed for us to survive. How right. does that inform some of your work, Jenny? Um, I try to use discernment, and I and I try to teach my clients discernment that not surprisingly, maybe to some of us, not everything we think is true. Exactly. <laughs> so it's really, it's really important to know when, uh, when to use our mind. And I see clients come to me who have gone through this major life-changing event and who are stuck in I'm trying to solve a puzzle and this is not a puzzle that we can um, you know solve with our with our minds it's something happened I need to feel all of it I need to feel all of my emotions I need to go through it in order to process it it's not something I can do solely with my mind mm, say more about that mm. Yeah, it's 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 not a puzzle that we can that we can solve that we can work out in our in our minds. We spend a lot of time up here. We spend a lot of time, as I said, in autopilot. Mm-hmm. And when we are confronted with a you know a, a life changing event, it propels us into the present moment. And many of us are not equipped to deal with that present moment because we've just never been given the tools where, you know, we're constantly trying to anticipate and do, do, do. And we don't really have the time to stand still to experience the present moment, yeah. to smell a flower. No, I, I have 383 things on my to-do list. Um, and so we need to actually come back to that. We need to learn that again there's there's actually nothing more natural than being with ourselves but we forget how to do that and we have distraction Mm -hmm. you know it's there's a lot of distraction out there sometimes we dissociate for very valid reasons so it's really the best way that i know to come back to the present moment is to experience life or the world through all of my senses. Okay. And that's the body. Okay. So when you're saying you can't sort it out like a puzzle with your mind, you're saying that living consciously really is a, it's a whole body, whole person experience. Yes. And, and everything comes in through our senses. And then, and then we usually pass it through this meaning making machine that we have. We are meaning making creatures. But when we learn to simply stay with the senses, that's a very different experience than trying to explain it away. So you can, you can, um, it's a windy uh, day here today. So I can go and sit outside on a bench and experience the sunshine on my face and the breeze on my arms and 
the bird song in tree next to me. Or I can sit down and think, oh, this would be a great time to make three phone calls. Right. right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's seemingly the same experience of somebody sitting on a bench, and yet it is a, a world of difference. Right. Right. I um I remember years ago I, I got very, very sick and ended up in an emergency room. <clears throat> and the doctors couldn't quite sort out what was wrong with me and needed to do a spinal tap. And I laid there for, I don't know, one, two, three hours. It was, you know, not just a few minutes. I laid in the in the ER in the treatment room. And uh, at the time, we were making some decisions in our family about whether or not we were going to have biological children or adopt. And while I was laying there, uh, if you watched the movie, you would have seen very sick woman having test done. But if you watched the movie of what was happening in my mind, <laughs> I was going through this whole process of being really afraid of what was happening to my body, feeling very out of control of other people making decisions for what was happening to my body. And it was through that that we decided that we were going to adopt rather than have biological children. <laughs> so if somebody watched the movie of that, they would have seen sick woman laying on a stretcher. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't yeah. look very interesting. Medical personnel around doing things. So yeah, yeah. the inner experience is really uh, what gives rise to the quality of our lives. Yes. Yes. That's what people don't understand. And I guess that's, maybe that's my motivation for the Conscious Living Podcast. It is the quality of our inner experience that gives us the quality of our lives. And uh, yes. when we become masterful in our capacity to take our shakeups and make them wake ups or turn our inner earthquakes into, you know, a, a sea of tranquility. Uh, it's, it, it really, it's entirely life-changing. So you do a lot, it sounds like a lot of your model is self-inquiry. What do you yes. see as the outcomes of the, the self-inquiry process? Well, it, it affects all areas of our lives, of course. Um, so I could, I could state some of the benefits as being, you know, you sleep better and you, you know, you get along with people better. Um, but really it is, you know, a life, um, you know, left unexamined is is not a life worth living. And right. so I, I really believe that um, self-inquiry leads to that's, that's the reason that I am here. That's the reason that each of us is on this planet alive today. It's the juiciness and the deliciousness of, of being able to experience every moment. Yeah. We, we are not here to accumulate stuff or, um, you know, we're here to live joy and love and kindness and compassion mm -hmm. and impact the world with that um, impact, you know, our direct environment, our community, our country, the world. Yeah. That's why I believe we're here, you know, yeah. and that's where it starts. Yeah. We're yeah. human beings. Right. We are human yeah. beings and we forget that. We forget the being part. Yes. Yeah, there's some yeah. really good um, happiness research that shows one of the ways neurologically that we experience greater happiness is by savoring the present moment experience for just 10 seconds. 
Yeah. Uh, it can be listening to this podcast and appreciating mm -hmm. our voices or the technology or the wisdom that's being shared. It can be petting your dog or your cat and, you know, mm -hmm. actually feeling the texture of their skin or the warmth or the vibration of the purring, like actually take it in. And I started practicing that on a daily basis this summer and uh, really enhanced my experience. The neurology behind it, interestingly, is that negative experiences, what we perceive mm -hmm. to be a negative experience, mm -hmm. a, an earthquake, uh, immediately get logged into long-term memory. Yeah. And positive experiences do not. They get circuited yeah. into short-term memory. So we forget. Yeah. We forget yes. the pleasantries of life. But that little, that simple practice of savoring a positive moment consciously experiencing it for 10 seconds moves it from short-term to long-term memory. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the, it is, um, I, and I don't know how they measure this, but it takes, you know, it's instantaneous for uh, negative experiences to get stored right. in long-term long -term, memory. Yeah. And I think it takes, you know, something like 30 seconds to store a positive experience so oh, the book i read said 10 savor it oh, for 10 seconds yeah yeah, yeah. so yeah. i i do that with my clients too so instead of like i i found it challenging to do things like gratitude lists and gratitude journaling but what i what i did start doing and what i now work on with my clients is notice the pleasant mm -hmm. because no matter what is going on in our lives there's always something pleasant there's always you know the little flower that comes through the you know the concrete tiles or there's always something pleasant to experience so it doesn't have to be a big thing it doesn't have to be but what is pleasant in this moment and there's always something pleasant totally. and then and then stay with that for as long as as you can yeah, yeah actually no i love that notice the pleasant Right. As yeah. a, because we are we are the negativity bias in our neurology. We are neurologically programmed because our brain is geared for our survival. We are neurologically programmed to notice the negative, what we perceive to be negative, the the threats, the insults, the rejections, the embarrassments, uh, the criticism, the judgment. Our mind is is preset to take that in. And so we have to, I say, learn to use your mind to train your brain. The more that you uh, embrace the pleasant, take in the pleasant, focus on the pleasant, express gratitude, feel gratitude, the more mm -hmm. you rewire your brain to be a little bit yes. more of a sane human being. <laughs> yes. And we know that that is possible through neuroplasticity. Yes. So it has nothing to do with our age or right. at any anything point. at all. Mm -hmm. Neuroplasticity happens all the time. We can rewire um, and, and change our lives. Absolutely. I love that. Jenny, what a delightful conversation. If people mm -hmm. want to get in touch with you to talk about their inner earthquakes, where's the best place for people to find you? They can find me on my website. I'm sure which you can. Is, which um, is what? It's my name, Jenny, with a Y, J-E-N-N-Y, Calcoon, C-A-L-C-O-E-N.com. Beautiful. Um, com. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm yeah, okay. on we'll all the things. Up. We'll put all of this in the show notes so people have the opportunity to find you. So thank you so much for sharing your grace, your wisdom, your wonderful ideas and thoughts with us today on the Conscious Living Podcast. It's just been great mm -hmm. to be with you. Thank you. Likewise.